and greetings to everyone. Welcome to episode one of So I Used to Be in a Band. My name is Jim Bowen, and as you've guessed it, I used to be in a band. I was in quite a few of them, actually. So why did I decide to do this podcast? Well, all we normally hear are the success stories, but I'm positive there are many more people out there that have experienced a narrative similar to mine. This will be a place to share stories and have a good laugh. I might name bands I played in, but I'm not here to name and shame anyone, as if they or anyone's going to check it out or listen to it anyway. I think the best way to start this podcast is solo. So this is going to be my coffee house acoustic gig of the podcast world. Hopefully, the next episode, I'll include a guest, and we can explore the similarities of what drives people to play music, join a band, and the experiences that we've shared. I will now explain my personal history of what motivated me to ever pick up a guitar, and maybe why I never should have, and the road that it led me down for 20 years of my life. So why did I join a band? Or 12 of them for that matter. Well, let me make one thing clear. Today's podcast will be PG, but I'll happily anticipate why future conversations might not be. So mom and dad, before I start to get into everything here, you might not want to recommend this one to all of your friends, but for today, I think you'll still be safe. Let me make the first thing clear. 10 years out of playing music now, and I look back and ask myself, what the hell did I think I was doing? You see, I was a theater guy. I played Danny Zuko from Greece and the Tin Man from The Wizard of Oz. I took dance classes. I've never been punk, never had a tattoo or grew my hair out. I was the least likely guy to be cool in a rock band. I was just normal, but I was confident. I didn't realize how many of my friends might have just been polite and encouraging me to keep doing it. I was also lazy. I wanted to be programmed to play music. So many of my friends were just, to me, seemed so naturally talented, and I didn't want to take the time. I should have put in the practice, but my real talent in all of it was procrastination. And to be honest with you, I, I haven't changed much. <laughs> it's probably why I thought of this podcast a month ago, but took four weeks to start it. Well, at least most of my friends know I can talk and they're probably relieved I'm not asking them to listen to my new song or album. So I was 18 years old when I decided I was going to learn to play guitar. It was so emo before emo existed as a, a, a phrase in, in music. I just experienced my first heartbreak. I needed to get it out. Fortunately for me, my older brother had left his acoustic guitar behind when he moved. So I was supplied with this guitar, and he had this sheet music to Poison's Every Rose Has Its Thorn. I was off and running. Before you knew it, it was G, D, C, and I think in the bridge is an E minor. So I took those chords from the sheet music, and with a few months, and after learning a few other chords, I had become that annoying friend that walked in the door with my guitar, and a dying little bit inside for someone to ask me to just play a song. I think maybe I added A, an E, and a very badly shaped F to that uh, regiment of chords I was playing. And I tried to keep F out of it if possible. But uh, yeah, so to fast things forward a little, you know, shorter and make less of a boring story, I never learned to play many more chords. I never learned to play lead guitar. 
and eventually I was defaulted to proclaiming myself as a bass player because <laughs> I was generally always the third worst guitar player in the band. Well, third best. There was always one better than me, then there was always a rhythm guitar better than me, and that person could probably play keyboards and still be better on guitar than me. And I probably even played in a few bands where the drummers were better guitar players than me. <laughs> but I could hold my own on bass. At least I could pedal some notes. So my sincerest apologies to uh, the accomplished and real bass players out there. I did improve over time, but by the time I was 23 and in a band with our first CD under our belt, I was completely full of myself. I was music. I lived and breathed it, as I thought in my head. I read all the CD liners. I knew what was coming out. I had demos found in small indie record stores from bands that became huge. I do think I knew quite a bit about the musical world at that time, <laughs> but boy, did I want to let you know about it. Uh, on and off for 20 years, it all varied. But I probably didn't really start putting the proper practice into playing an instrument until I was in my 30s. I talked music a whole bunch better than I actually played it. So how many bands did I play in? Well, I'm going to give you a list of names. This list includes those that I may have played in, uh, you know, a handful of times, but at least we practiced and gigged out once. And this isn't including the few times I played under my own moniker with backing musicians or bands I only subbed for. So here it goes. I tried to do this in order, 12 bands. The Obros, Solicid Volume, Solicid. Is this even a word? I don't know. I think we just thought it sounded good. Uh, the Tripping Andersons, none of us were tripping. Uh, we were all a bunch of straight edge guys that found we liked alternative rock. Cinderblock Baby, Ed and Otley, Soulshine, named after, I believe, a government mule song, even though we didn't play that type of music, we just liked the name of the song and thought Soulshine sounded like a cool band name. Nothing About Grover, Simpatico, Milo Buck, Gutter Pup, Mitch and Friends, and Relic. These are the majority of folks that I spent my time playing music with. Many great, great people and the majority I can still call friends to this day. I played all over the state of Vermont during this time and even got to gig in Boston and New York. I got to hear a couple of these bands receive local radio airplay. There were some very legitimate, exciting moments for us as it was coming along. Um, you know, it just seemed like it, that we'd get to this height of something and then there would be nothing. And eventually after nothing in long periods, there would be a crash and that would be the end of the band. When I was in my early 20s, the dream was always to play Nectars in Burlington, Vermont. If you've ever heard of the jam band Fish, they came from Nectars. Uh, they had residency there. You could go to Burlington, Vermont in the late 80s, early 90s, and you would more than likely find them on stage. They now, obviously, any of my Vermont friends who are listening to this are probably like, what are you stupid? I know Fish. But for anybody out there in the world who doesn't know about Fish, they are part of the Grateful Dead, widespread panic, jam band touring world where people leave their jobs, their homes, their lives behind, and they follow a band from uh, a starting point of a tour to the end or as many shows as they can follow. And the band, while they're on tour, will play uh, different versions of their songs or not the same set list every night. So, you know, 
But anyway, this band was from Vermont and this is where they came out of and it put Nectars on the map and anybody who was anybody in a band in Vermont that thought they needed to be famous, or at least I thought this, had to play at Nectars. Now there was also Higher Ground, which was where the national touring bands came through. So Higher Ground was great for getting on stage in front of somebody. And it was exciting uh, to get on stage at Higher Ground. In my 30s, one of the bands had a residency at Nectar's. We were there for a month on Monday nights at, I believe, 9 o'clock at night when nobody comes out to see you play music. But we enjoyed it. It went on the old band resume, so that was cool. And uh, I did secure quite a few dates with various bands at Higher Ground. Uh, even opening for the Samples, who were a successful Vermont touring band that had some national success in the 90s. So in my 30s, I, I'd gone from being this guy who just wanted to be a musician and playing these rock songs and walking around this kind of arrogant attitude of knowing everything about music and just trying to probably put this false wall of confidence up to getting into my 30s. And I started playing with an indie band that didn't really do many covers, had an album. A guy wrote some really intricate, cool bass lines. And for some reason, even though all I could really do was pedal some notes, they brought me in. He literally had to show me how to play every song, but I learned it. And over time and practicing in the moves, I did become a better bass player. But I also peaked. It was good, but at that point, I realized I'm in my 30s, and here I am, I'm playing bass, backing these guys up, and there wasn't anything that I looked at and thought that I was going to achieve personally. So, you know, in and out of a couple more bands, and uh, I ended up my last time playing music with Mitch and Friends. It was just really Mitch and I playing acoustic pop songs at happy hour, but it was something uh, that we could do that, you know, Mitch had been a local radio slash DJ celebrity, so his name opened doors for us. We'd already played in a different band together, and we were able to go back to these places and just have fun doing what we were doing. The last gig I played with Mitch still plays out like a movie in my head. We normally ended every show with uh, the Simple Minds song, Don't You Forget About Me. Normally Mitch would drive the beat and I'd thank everybody for coming out and you know, announce our next gig, where we were playing next, uh, before inviting everybody in the audience to sing along on the na-na-na-na-na parts of the song at the very end. It worked out really well for closing out the shows. But my final show, I didn't tell Mitch. After we finished, I stepped back up to the mic, and Mitch was looking at me like, what's going on here? I finished my career, using the career term very loosely, of playing music, uh, playing Peter, Paul, and Mary's, leaving on a jet plane. Mitch joined in as always and let me ride out on my own into the sunset. When the show ended, I sold the guitar off my back for a hundred bucks, and within two weeks, I moved from Vermont to Scotland. And that's pretty much my story. Exciting, huh? <laughs> I don't think so. But what about your story? What similarities did we experience together? Being in a band was already about more than the past I've experienced in this podcast already. It's about the heartbreak, the fights, the wins and the heartbreaks, and the romance of all of it. So if you've gotten this far, thanks for listening. To end things... I think the worst pickup line ever is, so I'm in a band. Maybe the worst title to a podcast ever will wind up being, so I used to be in a band. <laughs>